0: This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy. It is the Chicago First podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists and industry and creatives and culture leaders, hosted by Jaima Black. Welcome to Chicago. Heima Black here in Humboldt Park, and I am here with Josh Young, a.k.a. Yeah, me too. How you doing, man?
1: I'm good, man. I'm good. Good to see you again.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. We were talking uh, before the mic was on because you were like, "Have I been on this podcast before?" And it's like, believe it or not, this is the same podcast. Still, uh, we were we were talking about how I did an interview with you and Kurt as as Phlasterdomus in like. 2005 yeah just a hundred years ago and i don't know about you i didn't know that i was still gonna be podcasting 12 years later like when you started making music back then when you started djing like did you think it was gonna last this long
1: um yeah i don't know honestly i don't know <laughs> if i thought i don't know if i thought out anything at that point right. like i think i was just kind of like what's happening tomorrow right <laughs> so honestly it's i'm surprised that um the success has lasted this long if anything you know like we, with floss we were able to build something awesome right. break it down entirely rebuild it into something even more substantial and now i'm branching off from that to go into a new direction so it's like it's just for me it's really interesting to see the evolution of my career as a musician and how long it's lasted
0: well, yeah, and, and there's so much in there that I want to want to touch on, but one of the things that is really interesting is the longevity, because I don't know I don't know if you see this. I feel like I see this a lot with artists where like the only thing that matters is like how many Instagram likes they have today. Yeah. How many Twitter followers they have today, and they're not thinking about like, how do I make this last a year from now, five years, 15 years? Like I, I guess for you, like what do you attribute that longevity to? Was it something you purposely focused on later on, or or why do you think you've been able to last this long making music?
1: Um, I don't. Again, I don't think it was anything that I focused on. I just think that I always kept an open mind. Mm-hmm. You know, music evolves and changes so much, and I was fortunate enough to come into music post MySpace. So at least at the very beginning of internet ruling and running music, you know, post Napster. And so the landscape didn't really shift that dramatically for me. It was it was easy just like when you update your software on an iPhone. Like I was already somewhat plugged into how the model. Right. So, you know, the guys that I see fade away or the artists that I see fade away are the ones that say, "Oh, I don't like this. This sucks." This is this is the only way to do it, and that and that's that it's like if you have that mentality in this, then you're you have an expiration date, oh yeah, and I just never had that mentality. I was always like cool I, there's things that I didn't like there was like stuff that wasn't my taste, but then there would be other stuff that was, so I just kind of was flexible and and you got to keep that mentality I feel like to stay in this
0: no absolutely man it is really about being able to adapt and evolve and it is it's interesting you bring up the myspace thing because it's like that was really, you know, now if you put up a thing on SoundCloud, not you, like you're, you're established, but if, if you were, like, a 19-year-old kid and you put something up on SoundCloud, who knows if anyone would hear it because there's so much oversaturation. Mm-hmm. But back then, it's like, it was you guys, Mano and Holt, and, like, the cool kids, and, and your sister, and, like, and that was it. Like, you weren't competing against, like, 500,000 other acts yeah. per minute, yeah, totally. you know? like.
1: Well, I, I always I always say MySpace was really dope for music because... Of the embed that you could do So that mm-hmm. when someone visited Any person, not not a musician, but just a kid Just you went to someone, your friend's MySpace page They had a music player That they could make a playlist and like You're welcome to my page. Here's a song. Now I know right now that sounds crazy. Like that sounds annoying. Like if you were to go to your friend's (laughs) Facebook page,
0: the autoplay. Yeah,
1: the autoplay. You'd be like, oh, so annoying. I'm trying to listen to my own music. But at that time, that was such a dope way of getting discovered. So it was like we started to branch out of Chicago just by making mashups and putting them up on MySpace. And so yeah, we we got in ahead of the curve. And what's another thing that's really cool with longevity? To go back to your form uh, earlier question, mm-hmm. is that we did get in and plant our seeds and and grow our roots in that world. So all the people that own the festivals and are all the biggest promoters and all that are like are people that we came up with. Like right. the people that we saw struggle and that we struggled with and, and all that. So it's like my relationships, my connections and Floss's relationships and connections were really sound. And they knew that we've been about this life, like been doing dope <laughs> shit <laughs> since the beginning. We didn't just show up on the scene and we're like, hey, like this is us. It was like, now no. that it's
0: easy, we're here. <laughs>
1: yeah. Now that it's easy, we're, we're, we're in this. It's like, no, they'd seen us and they'd seen our hustle and our struggle. And I feel like that, like people really appreciate that, especially in this day and age of like instant celebrity.
0: Right. You know, I mean, it's weird. I teach at Columbia College, and a lot of these kids, like, they think that— they might not voice it this way, but they genuinely think that if they don't get famous in the next three weeks, they're fucking up. Like, yeah. like you know, they're a freshman, they're a sophomore, and they're like, why hasn't this happened for me yet? And I'm like, man, that's not how it works. Yeah. And if it happens that fast, it does not last. Like you don't have that longevity with that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, they have that term like industry plant. Like that's right. something that's been thrown around. I just recently learned what it was, but once I find out what it means, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's been around for, for ages. Sure. There's always been, you know, artists that were manufactured. Um, but that's, that's a lot of what you see with that zero to 1,000 growth is it's not as organic as it appears. It's like they did a lot of work on the back end and then presented a product and either it takes or it doesn't. And there's about a 1,000 times that it doesn't take to every yeah, one that, time.
0: That it no one hears about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: no know. one hears about. To every one time that it does, and then it, it blows up. And you're like, oh, shit, Post Malone or one of these things where you're like... Lil Peep. Lil <laughs> Peep. This guy came out of nowhere. Right. But it's like, no, nah, there's a lot of A&R and like producers and a lot of people behind that that product. And it, they're putting it forth as something authentic. They're really good at that. But it's actually not. It's actually just a pro, another product.
0: Right. No, absolutely, man. So... <laughs> So it's amazing. So you've been able to, like, tap into that longevity. You've built this career. And and you've had, like you said, a few acts. There was the early kind of uh, edition of Thomas. There was the more uh, jumpsuit, kind of super, what I'm going to call the Super Mario kind of era of Thomas. And now, in the present day, 2017, you have this project, Yeah, Me Too, kind of bring me into, like, how did that happen? What was the thinking with that? Like, how did this concept come together?
1: Sure. So, so it was 2016. So last year, last May, um, I decided I was super frustrated in April. Um, Floss had had like a really rough show. Uh, we did like a 420 at Red Rocks, and I just came off of that show feeling frustrated and stale and stagnant, and I felt like things weren't going the way I wanted to. So, I decided I was going to. Going to my hard drive, I had a bunch of floss-like demos that had been rejected internally, you know? Like, oh, we're not going to put this out because me and Kurt both had to like something or approve sure, of something sure, to, sure. to put it out. So these were songs that just, like, were never going to come out. Come out. And I said, I'm going to start putting these up on my Instagram as little one-minute snippets. I'm going to dance around. You're watching, you're in the, the studio. I've seen those videos, yeah yeah, 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 Dance around in my studio and, like, act a fool and just have fun because I like this stuff, you know? So All I was right. like put it out there and see what people say there's no harm in it you know and so I started doing that to sort of just get have a creative outlet and get unstuck and what ended up happening as a result of it is like that took off like those videos like went viral some of them were getting over a 100,000 plays and views and like mad comments people being like this is dope when are you gonna release it so at that point in time I was like I was like I said, frustrated and sort of in a weird place with Floss, anyways. Mm. So I was like, all right, I've got a couple options. I can either like take this project, put it out as Floss and, and go and go from there, or I can do a, a side project. That was what I was looking at at the time. I Was like, oh, I'll do a side project. And so I released. We released one of the edits. It was a Rusco Woo Boost edit that I did as Floss, right. and it was horribly received. Like people were like, like. My Instagram crowd and their reaction versus, like, the SoundCloud world and their reaction as, like, this being a Floss song were two entirely different things. And what I think had happened was Floss had become too much of a dubstep, like, we're the mosh pit, guys. We're the, like, wall of death. You basically fight for your life to survive in our crowd. (laughs) Guys, end of the world guys. Um, And weren't. As much what we were when we started in 2000, when we started doing trap and stuff in 2012, which was more just like creative, fun and like beat based.
0: Well, you guys come from that party world, man. Like I'm old enough. God, I'm old. But like I'm old yeah. enough that I remember going to like the uh, the town hall shows. Yeah. And I would walk in. I have this vivid memory of the first one I went to. And I walked in. You guys are playing God Only Knows. I don't know why, but like that stuck out. And I was like, I've heard about this party, and the last thing I expected to hear was the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. And that was such a cool aha moment where, like, it wasn't just whatever electronic disco dark wave song was big in 2005. It was like, you guys are pulling deep, and you were just about playing jams that made people feel good. Yeah. It was just the party.
1: Well, we would play wedding shit, and we'd play, we'd play, we'd play like, stadium trance into a wedding song into <laughs> one of those, like, dark wave, like, sure. DFA songs of, of the time. And so, like we just said no no limits and that was before the like the the kitchen sink dj or like right. you know the only other guys doing something like that were like Diplo and uh, low budget as holotronics the rub or dj am those were like, that was like right. it for that or z trip so so anyways i i still have that mentality i still love the idea of just creative like shit over it being mixed and sounding like it's an IMAX movie I more just prefer the uh, intellectual, like the, the content, you know? Like, right. is it a dope idea? I don't care how it sounds. Like, is it dope? <laughs> so anyway, so so long story short, put it out as a flaw song. It was really poorly received. And so I was like, I need to rebrand and put this out as something different so it doesn't it doesn't just go packaged to the floss fan base sure. it goes to a new crowd who can appreciate it and, and and grow with it and so yeah so that's where yemi2 came from so i started yemi2 as that and then just you know over over time and a lot of soul searching just decided that i couldn't do both and right. i'd sort of done my time with floss i personally was in a really different place than I was when I started Floss.
0: Well, I mean, as a decade, I mean, here's and that's something else I wanted to bring up later, not to interrupt you, but it is like, it's so I, I worked in radio for 13 years. I worked at Q101 for 13 years. I worked with the same DJ, and I have a great relationship with that guy. I love him, and I'm I'm appreciative of that time. But 13 years with one person at one job every week, even if it's the best job, even if it's a great person, I have no negative end to this sentence. But it is like, wow, I've definitely I know what that experience is. Yeah. And you were, you know, you and Kurt were Philostradamus for over a decade. Like how long?
1: It was for uh, almost twelve years.
0: So you're a different person than you were, you know, in your early twenties or whenever you guys started it. Yeah. You know, but
1: my life had just changed a lot. I mean, you came in here. The first thing you see is me holding a baby. Like sure. It's just, it's just dad life, all full on, and I really love that life. Like mm-hmm. the things that make me most happy aren't. Touring all over the world and flying and all that stuff that used to be really awesome to me because it was so new and exciting. It's
0: like the Entourage baller life. It's that HBO life.
1: Exactly like that. That baller. Like oh, I'm at these parties. Oh, I'm like rubbing elbows with all these celebrities and stuff. Like that stuff was really cool at that time. And now I was like, yo, like I really get my kicks off of making music, Mm -hmm. which is impossible for me to do when I'm just touring nonstop and being around my family and my friends. And so I was like, I need a change of pace. I need to get off this ride. And the craziest thing is I'm getting off the ride when it's successful. I'm not like, oh, it's it's already like de- de- demolished into nothing. Like, it's right. like, no, it's still a really like valuable, profitable business. Totally. And act. So me getting off was truly a choice that I made from my soul, not from my wallet or from like, oh, yo, like, like I got to get paid. It's like, no, all right, I got to do what's right for me. So I ended up actually splitting with Floss or splitting with Kurt and going off and doing Yammy 2 full time. So my first tour is coming up in a few days. I start October 12th at at Lincoln Hall. I'm going all over the U.S. I'm going uh, to Canada. I did three shows in Australia last month. Super awesome. Um, So I'm really excited to do this and start this new chapter. Uh, But yeah, it's cool. We'll see where it goes.
0: Well, and I I want to talk about the tour in a second, but it's it just it's interesting you brought up like kind of walking away when it is in full effect cuz you're not leaving the party after everyone else is gone. Yeah. You're leaving the party when it, right when it hits like peak, you know, it's like twelve thirty one a.m. and everyone's just lit. Yeah. And it's like I saw a, uh so Michael Wing from Autograph and I were in Vegas last summer. I went out there for a show that he was doing and we actually ended up at a Floster Thomas pool party you guys were doing. I don't. I don't remember what fucking pool it was. I mean, in, it's all the in same Vegas? in Vegas. Yeah, that
1: would have been Encore Beach Club. Okay,
0: so yeah, Encore Beach Club, and I'm just like everything you're telling me now. I just imagine you'd be like surrounded by like all these people partying, just lit in the pool and bikinis, and you just being like, man, not feeling it.
1: Yeah, that's well, that's it, man. Yeah. It's honestly like, and and like I said, I'm f- I'm flexible and I'm open. I love everything that's happening. Like I right. love where music is gone. I love where it's going. Like. I I if people want to like turn up, right. more power to them. But just for me personally, just not where I was getting my kicks anymore. It started to feel stale. All of it started to feel stale. The set started to feel stale. The everything started to feel stagnant. And like me and Kurt are similar in that way, in that like we both get really upset when we feel we're not one upping ourselves. Like mm-hmm. we're not like reestablishing the bar. Like all right, when we when we started trap music. Or not, you know, electronic EDM trap. When we started that, that was setting the bar for, for not just us, but for like the EDM world, all the other DJs flocked to that sound and started making their, their variations of it. Once you've done something, something like that, that is something that you want to continue to do. Like, I don't want to continue to make the same sounding stuff forever. I want to continue to innovate and make something new. So like, that became, that still is, but became a real big focal point for me, was like, where can I grow? Right. And it felt like Flostradamus got really boxed into that mosh pit world. And I just didn't make that kind of music. Like, those songs, like, uh, mosh pit and prison riot, I didn't produce I mean, those songs. you to just listen to the titles. <laughs> yeah, prison riot, mosh pit, like, I didn't produce those songs. Right. So it's like, those songs that, like, became so... Um, like, synonymous with the sound. Just, they, they weren't my sound. That wasn't authentic to me. I did OG Don. Like, I did, like, the more minimal, spa, like, sparse stuff that had, like, swag to it. This stuff was still dope. Moshpit's fucking crazy. That's right. one of the dopest records. Prison Riot's crazy, one of the dopest records. But it was, like, all hammer and nails, and that's just not me.
0: No. So, okay, so in the present day, yeah, me too, you're putting out this, steal this mixtape series, which is very diverse. Like, talk about... Shifting gears, and okay, so like let's let's phrase it this way: You get out of floss. You've had this great career in that direction. Now it's like day one. You're like, oh my god, I can do whatever I want. Like, what's what's in your head when you're finally clear to that hurdle, and you go, "All right, this is the first day of the rest of my life."
1: Yeah. So, you know, (laughs) no worries. Not a not a big question at all. No.
0: (laughs) What's what's the meaning of everything?
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, no, you know what? It's I'll tell you what. It's super liberating to be able to do whatever you'd like but at the same time it can also be restricting to have no confine sure. no structure so the first mixtape you can listen to it if you like actually sit down and listen to the first mixtape and the second mixtape the first one i'm literally figuring it out from track one of beat a day may 1st which was the first track i dropped to the end of may may 30th or 31st like you can hear me discover the sound. Whereas the second mixtape, I knew what I wanted to do and was like, all right, I have this sort of, not formula, but this sort of sound of my own, this, right. this aesthetic and this sort of vibe that I have. And now I can take whatever song I hear and apply it to it. Right. So that's, it's like this, this very clear and concise vision that I'm applying to it. So it's been really cool. The second mixtape um, was a lot more thought out And I feel like there were some constraints there that actually helped me be more creative and, and branch out a little bit more because I knew my tools and I learned a lot more about production in that time versus the first one, which the first one I fuck with because it's punk. Like, it's just like, it sounds like shit. It sounds awful, but it's like, you're literally hearing the the concepts like come to fruition right then. And some of the songs on there or most of the songs are, are just one minute. It's just a snippet because that's I gave myself twenty four hours to create it. I made it and then was like, boom, here it is, world. Like whether it's shitty or not, this is what it is, and it made it to the mixtape. The second one, um, like I said, you can definitely hear that the production value has stepped up, my mixing skills have stepped up. It <laughs> sounds better, but <laughs> but also like uh, there's a little bit more to the concept than just I can make a hip hop beat out of anything. Like um, there's like certain songs and certain soundtracks and certain movies that I put in certain places in the mixtape to sort of give it that cinematic yeah, flow yeah. and that ebb. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's, I think that's something you've always been into though. It's like in 2005, no one was thinking like, you know what the Cigaros needs? Twista. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're digging deep on that, but I, I think you've always had that, that kind of adventurous attitude. And I I do think it's really cool that you have, you know, songs that you just gave yourself 24 hours. Because so many people like, you know, so many artists, so many creatives, whatever you want to say, like they they labor over something for six years or nine years or they have their novel they've never finished because they're like, oh, it's not ready yet. But putting something out, you know, just being like, hey, in a day this goes out wherever it's at, that's, I mean, that's punk. Like, it's punk and electronic music.
1: Yeah, that's always been my mentality. That's always been my attitude. And that was a big sort of, uh, that was a big point for me and Kurt where we did not necessarily see eye to eye because we had two completely different, um, what's that called, like styles as far as, two different approaches to how we make music. Um, And so I'm more keen to release an unfinished product just to have it be released versus work on something for so long that either the sound or style that it is, is no longer relevant or whether it's relevant to like music culture or whether it's relevant to me, like, oh, uh, you know, like if you put in six months or a year on a song, chances
0: are things have changed since we used move so fast, fast, fast now. So fast. It's crazy. Like what? You know, uh, the example, and this is the tech world, but the example I always think about is like two years ago at South by, before Periscope, there was a streaming app called Meerkat. Mm -hmm. And that South by Southwest, I went to the tech conference and like, that's all anyone talked about Meerkat, Meerkat, Meerkat. Mm -hmm. Everyone had the Meerkat shirt, and like, every article is like the breakout app of South by Southwest. And then Periscope hit like two weeks later and no one ever heard of Meerkat again. And I'm like, you guys, you were like, this was the biggest, this was the new Nirvana. Like what, what are you doing? So the, the way that just everything, not just music, the way things get cycled out now, it is nuts.
1: Yeah. And so that, and it's not even so much as this being a response to that. This has always been my approach. I just, this is just how I work, but, um, but it is something that I've noticed. And, and if you're making something that's truly innovative, then that doesn't necessarily apply as much. In the tech world, yes. But like in the music world, if you're like making some cutting-edge shit that that no one even is ready for, whether you release it in a year or whatever, that doesn't necessarily matter because you're not basing it off trends. But if you're basing your sound off of a trend and if you're trying to produce based off of what's happening in music at the moment, you can't take a year on a song. You can't take six months on a song. And so for me... Always, always trying to work quick, get it out. If people don't like it, that's totally fine because you have to wait
0: one more day and then I have another song. The next bus is 15 minutes away. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So
1: it's really forgiving um, for creatives at this point in time and like... I always like to use Meek Mill as the best reference of how forgiving it is. Like, everyone was like, Meek Mill's career is over. Like, in a, in a genre that is battle-based, in a genre that is literally based right. off of, like, one MC can end another MC's career and existence, that happened to that man on the biggest stage, and he's With still here. With the
0: biggest artist in the world. With the yeah.
1: biggest artist in the world, he did it, and he's still here. Still making music, still killing it, like arguably, Meek Mill is still one of the top rappers in the game, and it's just because he kept going right. and people move on so quickly, like yes, he'll forever be associated with that time, <laughs> and I'm sure he wishes that wasn't on his record, right. like taking that L, but like he, he's still here, and so for me, that helps me with with taking risks because if people hate me. Like they're literally like, like I'm very political. Like I'll, like even today I posted something about Colin Kaepernick, like yeah, yeah, yeah. big supporter of black lives matter, big supporter of like feminist movements and, and things like that. And I'm, I'm very vocal on it. Cause I'm not always going to have a voice. I'm 33 now when I'm 53, like kids don't, aren't going to give a shit what I have to say. So I'm going to take the little time I have right now where I have a voice and use it at the risk of losing fans or offending people because literally tomorrow they will have moved on you know right. people people don't hold a grudge like they used to so it's a really like i said it's a really forgiving time to be a, a creative person
0: yeah yeah so i mean you and you have all this freedom now it's like like you said it really sounds like with floss like you guys almost kind of became trapped by the six and no, no pun intended trapped by the success would have been a great floss mixtape trapped title by the success. <laughs> uh but it's it's like this does have to be liberating to really just be able to do whatever you want so like so what's what's next for you now that you've got this kind of like this you know blank slate new notebook, whatever analogy you want to use from like you know lifetime movies
1: yeah no uh what's next for me is is just continuing to evolve. Uh, I have a tour coming up, like I said, October 12th, Lincoln Hall, which is going to be awesome. Kicking it off there. Lincoln Hall is one of my favorite venues oh yeah, in, in the Oh, yeah, It's a great room. Yeah. such an awesome room. It's one of those venues that feels so much bigger than it actually is because it has a balcony. Um, and I, I always love playing there. So really excited to kick off the tour. The production uh, for the tour is like something I conceptualized while I was in Australia. So like... At, every little detail and this is something i learned in Flostradamus, is every last detail you need to be hands on with right if if you're not hands on you need to have a really great team that completely understands and gets your vision or is your vision and for me i don't have necessarily that big of a team but i have a few guys where we all are on the same page and so usually or i'm sorry i'm sorry not usually but in that situation when i give them a sketch even if it's on a napkin, like they can make my dreams come to reality. So that's what this tour is. It's like visually it's going to be amazing and really crazy. So, yeah, so what's next, though, is really trying to just continue to grow and evolve and sort of move out of the Flostradamus shadow. Sure. Like that's that's something that I, I – Hoodie Nation and like Hoodie Boys and Hoodie Girls, which is our what we call our fans um, – That's something that those people I respect so much and I love them so much. And if they're fans of me, like, that's fantastic. Um, But for me, I really want to make a name for myself and be able to release music and do things creatively without being compared to Floss. That is something I see constantly in my comments, Mm. which are people either saying, like, you're better than or worse than. You know, like, oh, like, like, oh, this is dope, man. I'm glad you left Floss. This is great. Or like, oh, this is whack. You shouldn't have left. And that to me, that's something where I'm like, all right, I need to continue to innovate and continue to bring in people who are outside of the scope of this, this one group. Because as big as Floss was, we had under a million followers on all of our social media and, and. I mean, that's less than the population of like Rochester. Like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Rochester is like 900,000 people or something or a million people. So it's like there's so much more of the world to speak to and to convey your art to. And so that's a massive, massive goal to me is to just continue to grow and present my art and my work to new fans, new people, and grow this brand and grow this company in an organic way. Um, But at the same time, you'll see my Instagram. I'm very, very inclusive uh, when it comes to my family. And so I want to be a role model for people. I want to be the DJ and the successful individual who's not just popping bottles and, like, on private jets with like right. half-naked girls, like I'm not Dan Bilzerian. Like <laughs> <laughs> I, every fucking DJ wants to be Dan Bilzerian. It looks like so. It's like I'm not about that, and I'm not. I'm also not on a, a soapbox. I'm not trying to preach and be like you have to get married. I, fuck that. Like right. do do you? But I got married. Um, I had kids. Bought a house and like established a, a somewhat normal foundation for myself. But continue to succeed in a creative field. And I want to be one of the first people who is putting it out there in a very public way that that's a realistic
0: possibility
1: for for everyone.
0: Well, and, man, uh, so that's really inspiring. And, and again, I'm not not trying to turn this around on me, but, like, when I teach at Columbia College, I talk to a lot of young kids about, like, what's your version of success? Because, yeah, for some of them, they have to be Drake, they have to be Beyonce, they want to be Dan Belzerian, right? Who doesn't? But, like... But I'm like, yo, like, for some people, if you can pay your rent off your work and, like, not be in debt or whatever, like, that's success. For other people, Kim Kardashian success. And it's like, I think that's great that you're looking at this like, hey, you've built, obviously, like, a great foundation. You have a great home life. You've got the family. You've, like, you've got that stability and the maturity. And you're like, this is the success I want right now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, one thing I've learned... I like to say the school of floss because like like the last four years were like music business school for me. Yeah. Like the, the floss existed for 11 years and the first few, like the first six years or so, I was like in the party. Like it was sure. just, it was like one big frat party. <laughs> um, but when it got serious and when the success came, the real success came, um, it was a real learning experience. And all those successes came through failures and all of them came through taking really substantial risks
0: mm. and you guys really really structured into a business and a brand sure you know you had the community you had the name for them you had the look all those things
1: and that was something that we again like i'll say this we pioneered in our field yes. they're they're like i feel like floss sort of got we were we still are or you know underdogs but like we definitely got that underdog sort of vibe because, like, no one wanted to say we invented trap. No one wanted to say we invented this. Everyone was more happy to be like, the, the, these other DJs did like it was. It was always like we were really successful, but it was still underground. That's you such know? a
0: Chicago thing. That's, a that's such a Chicago great, thing. Very much a Chicago thing. Like you see, yeah. so many of, of every concentration. So many people make it out of Chicago, and everyone's like, "Well, yeah, you're successful." Asterix. Yeah, you know? yeah. and, and that's
1: why, like, and and don't get me wrong, I'm not arrogant. Like, I, right. I, I, I'm a very humble person, but I do also believe that uh, credit is due to the right people. And so when I say like floss invented trap, it's not to say that we, that other people weren't making similar sounds at the same time or to take away from them. It's to say that no one knew about it. It's to say that they were preaching to a very, 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 very tiny microscopic corner of SoundCloud. And we made a song that everyone played that took, took a genre and also titled it said it's, this is trap music, um, titled it and made it a thing and branded it. So it's like, I'm always out here to say that Floss has done so much for electronic music culture, and when there's an okay. EDM hall of, hall of Fame, if Floss isn't put in it, I'm going to be boycotting it. Like I will be so so angry. Um, but at this at this point in time, like I I need people to know that you can you can have a semblance of a normal existence and normal life, uh, and by that I mean you know like be stay grounded sure. and have your old friends from school or have some, some, you know, real friends that aren't just industry people, you know, get married, not just, not just fuck around with every bottle service girl. And like,
0: you know, oh, you can have, you're so- crushing so many 21 year olds dreams right now. And that's,
1: and that's dope when you're 21. But what I'm saying is I, I see this a lot in my comments, like people being like, yo, it's so awesome to have a role model out there. Right. And it's like, I, I am not perfect by any means. Like I exist in a time of the internet. So my, my shit is Googleable. Like you can see shit where I'm wasted. You can see shit where I'm fucking saying crazy shit. Like I said, fuck the police twice at Lollapalooza. Like all this shit, man. Like I'm not, I'm not a, uh, a perfect person by any means. But what I'm saying is you can be extremely successful Right. financially, you can, you can make a ton of money and, and really sink yourself into work and balance it and counterbalance it with a, a healthy family relationship and live and love out loud. You can like, I, you know, so many DJs out there uh, that do have wives or kids kind of keep them in the background. And I feel like, you know, some of that is maybe to protect their brand. Some of that maybe is to protect their families. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but for me, so much of going solo and and having this creativity is is being able to include them into my brand and make them a part of what's happening in my life. So I don't have to front and in any way. Right. I can just be my authentic self in all situations <laughs> and I don't have to be like, yeah, I'm the fucking hardest dude out or right. like, oh, I'm this kind of guy. It's like, no, 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 I'm just josh is is yeah me too is my is my d j thing? I'm the digital dad like <laughs> Um, right. I'm, I'm Your changing, Instagram title title Instagram <laughs> title. I'm changing diapers, and then like five seconds later, making like one of the hardest beats you've heard. Like that's my that's my thing, and I I really enjoy it. And like a lot of people think that that's not something where you can have both. A lot of people think right. that you either got to work a normal job and have a family, or you got to be some like free gallivanting DJ. And,
0: and I'm you're mashing here, it up, man. I'm just
1: here to say you can mash it up. You can do both.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love it. Um, uh, Josh Young, man. So again i got it. i've i've been saying this to a lot of a lot of the talent that i have on the mic where i've known them for a long time through the radio side through the chicago music side through the podcast and man it's like i really appreciate you you know now and in, in floss like Taking the time throughout the years, because you were one of the first guests on this podcast. I think we were one of the first ones, uh, you know, this, this podcast, one of the first interviews Floss did, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. I appreciate it over the years that you've always kind of taken the time and been, you know, been available, man. That's dope.
1: Dude, likewise, I appreciate the support from literally day one. So i black. I probably called you Jamie when we first met, but I know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Everyone does it, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No,
1: no, no. You're, just a, you're a Chicago institution, just like Flostradamus, and you know, just like Yammy, yeah, too. So it's like, it's really dope to be here and get caught up.
0: Absolutely, man. Uh, I can't wait to see what's next. Congratulations on everything, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcast. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, Dynasty Descend.